What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this NL West preview edition of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I was joined by Seth Zweifler and Adam Chatoff to talk about the NL West. As Adam's a Giants fan, Seth obviously hops on a couple times a year to talk some baseball. This one was a lot of fun to record. I do want to give a heads up. We had a couple issues with some static. This is our first time using the new microphones in person. So we only ended up having two. We had some handoffs that I think caused the static. So an apology ahead of time about that. If you can stick through it, we'd really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun recording this. Adam gave us some really good insight into the Giants. We also played a fun game of trying to figure out how the Giants have had so many left fielders since Barry Bonds left, and we tried to name them all. So that's a fun one to wait for at the end. But as always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Instagram, ThunderBlogSports is the handle there. But enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, the namesake of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. Baseball's back. Division preview number two, the NL West. Joining me, I'm going to screw it up again, but as he did last year, Seth Z- Seth Zweifler. He got it. I got it. Now spell Antetokounmpo. Oh, man. Uh, there's, no, there's nothing funnier than trying to get Shaq and... and Man, don't talk to me about no Giannis Akinachuchu. <laughs> uh, nothing funnier are the TNT guys trying to pronounce his name. But Seth, baseball's back. How are you feeling? I'm thrilled. Uh, I still can't believe it. I was down in Florida a week ago today. And I guess it was a week ago Thursday that we found out that there was a deal. And if you had told me... Two weeks ago that we'd be here doing an NL West preview today, Jordy. I would not have believed you. No, I uh, we talked about it a little bit on Thursday, but the whole news of the rebate and all that, that they might just push you back to May 1st, I was starting to think that was going to be our reality. And then uh, the middle of doing a hockey podcast, baseball came back. And here we are, but we need to introduce the third member joining us, a San Francisco Giants fan himself. It is Adam Chatoff. Adam, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, like, you guys have said it's good to have uh, baseball back here. And, you know, I think similar to what Seth said, I don't think I would have ever expected this even, you know, two to three weeks ago. It looked like we were going to be a long ways away and uh, happy to have baseball back. Yeah, for sure. This is going to be it's going to be a fun season. We've had a lot of news even since we did the AL East podcast. So that immediately got dated. So I want to ask both of you. It's just for some context. We're taping this Saturday morning. At started at eleven twenty-five a.m. Assume we'll be talking for about an hour, hour and a half. Will Trevor's story have signed a contract by the end of our taping? I don't know. I did see that the Yankees are getting or heating up on him. You don't, don't want him. I don't. Buy you don't it. buy it. Yeah, I don't know. But he, that's one one of the bigger names that's there's still out there. Yeah. Unless he's willing to play center field, there's nowhere to put him. <laughs> or unless you're going to trade Glaber, which I would be all for. Yeah. Uh, but there's nowhere to put him. Yeah. So we'll see. I, for the fun of it, I'll say yes because it'd be fun to. Okay. It'd be good content, but I, I don't know. It would be very good. It would be good content to get some live reactions. Adam, what do you think? 
I would say there's a there's a chance. Um, I did see that he's willing to switch positions potentially, which would be, uh, I mean, definitely open up his market a little bit. I saw him connected to the Giants very briefly, which would be uh, wonderful if he would be willing to play uh, second the majority of the time, and then when Crawford needs a little bit of a break, he could slide in. But yeah, the Yankees, the the infield is a little uh, crowded. I yes. guess I would say uh, there's there's not much. Not much room, um, but we'll have to see. I, it would be very uh, – I would be happy to have him on the Giants, to put it that way. All right, let's get this thing started. We're going to go in alphabetical order by team. So we start off with the Arizona Diamondbacks, similar to last time where we started off with the Baltimore Orioles. Seth is the most blunt one in our group. What expectations do you have for the Diamondbacks? I'll take that as an enormous compliment. <laughs> yes, yes, um, it's meant that way. So, so last year, I was the guest, uh, along with Andrew DiMaggio, for the NOS preview as well. Yeah. Uh, and I quoted George Costanza in talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I said, when you bleak, you bleak. <laughs> and I would echo that this year. Yeah. Um, Arizona finished 2021 with a 52 and 110 record, tied with the Orioles for the worst in Major League Baseball. Uh, in short, there's really, I don't think, anything to be optimistic about if you're an Arizona Diamondbacks fan this season. You're playing in an extremely top-heavy division. Health is a huge question mark Absolutely. around the Diamond uh, and up and down their rotation. really don't have too many household names outside of Capel Marte and Zach Gallen. don't have all that much by way of big name prospects coming on board. Um, it's it's going to be a, a slog uh, over the summer, not to mention you're playing in 110 plus degrees heat in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Uh, Chase Field is quite the monstrosity. When you go to Arizona, I'm going there next week again. I was there a month ago and it, it sticks out there. It's it, Right now it's a sore thumb. But at least you have a swimming pool. Yeah, they do. They uh, Maybe we'll see the Dodgers, the Giants do the jumping into the pool again. They get offended. But yeah, did they get offended? I didn't realize. That. Yeah, I think they got offended when the Dodgers did it in like 2017 or something. It's a pool. Yeah, it's a pool, and they made the playoffs. They were a wild card team. I think that's why they were offended. Is because they were like in the hunt or something. But yeah, it, yeah, it's a pool. Why, why have the pool if you don't want people to jump into it? My grand theory is uh, somehow convince Kevin Cash that it would be really good for him to have all the Rays jump into the Rays pool. Um, do they have a pool in the trap? Well, they don't have a swimming pool in the trap. They have a pool for the stingrays. <laughs> That's actually Enough hysterical. <laughs> Adam, you have any thoughts on the Diamondbacks? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a ton. I, you know, I'm looking right now at their Fangraphs uh, projected roster, and it's never a good sign when basically every single position besides second, uh, you have two names listed. Uh, it means you have very few established starters. Um I think yeah, Zach Allen uh, is definitely sort of an interesting pitcher to see what you know he can do. Uh, obviously, being a Giants fan, I'm gonna go ahead and root that Madison Bumgarner continues to pitch well, um, or I guess returns to pitching well after last season. Uh, he had that one uh, no hitter, I guess, with an asterisk, depending on how you feel about the seven innings. But um, one person I think that no one really talks about is uh, Nick Ahmed at yeah, short. Um, he he, I think, led the league last year in outs above average, or at least at shortstop, which 
you know, depending on how you feel about uh, defensive metrics and their volatility year to year. But, you know, he could be someone exciting to watch. Um, and then I believe Seth Beer, I believe his first name is Seth as yes. well, uh, is uh, he's got some pop and plays first base. So um, maybe he'll be someone exciting. But, yeah, it's really just Marte and kind of everyone else. Yeah, so Ahmed is, is definitely uh, really fun to – to watch in the field, it seems like uh, Arizona has um, a fairly decent track record. Of, uh, Jordy's going to make a face when, when I say this because he obviously has not had a great run with the Phillies, but I'll always have a soft, <laughs> a soft spot in my heart for Didi. Yes. Who obviously came up through through Arizona um, and of, of developing um, young shortstops who were sort of glove first, bat later. Yeah. Uh, but the bat did come with, with time, so it'll be interesting to see if Ahmed follows a similar course at all. A couple other names that popped out to me, um, just picking up where Adam left off, looking at the Diamondbacks roster. Um, Dalton Varsho, who turned in a sneaky good year yeah, last year. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, sort of a darling of a lot of fantasy leagues, I think, because he still has catcher eligibility. Yeah. Um, good DFS guy, too. Good DFS guy. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to a few of my lineups there. Um, sort of very Wilson Contreras like. Oh, that's that, a good comparison. Um, he's playing a lot of outfield, yeah. uh, as well as catcher, and, and is kind of uh, able to move around the diamond. Speaking of catcher, um, I think a name to sort of keep front and center on some trade blocks because Arizona, with what limited resources that they, they do have, Cattell Marte yeah. um, has been in any number of rumor mills. Zach Gallen is Carson Kelly. Um, he could be. Catcher. Yeah, um, you, know, you could certainly uh, envision a trade deadline scenario of their front office trying to sell high. Um, and then just one nice storyline, since we've said mostly negative things about <laughs> yeah. the Diamondbacks. Um, they did just re-sign Ian Kennedy yeah. um, to, uh, I'm using air quotes here, but to anchor their bullpen. Um, Kennedy obviously came up with the Yankees, but it was really with the Diamondbacks that, that he first established himself. Yeah. Um, not unlike Zach Ranke going to, to Kansas City to, to close out his career. Just yeah. sort of a nice story and a nice coming full circle. Um, and, and I'm happy for him. That was clearly where he wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Mark Melanson go there to, Mark to, Mal- to, yep. to echo you to anchor a bullpen that I don't know if there's they're going to have a lot of opportunities for saves, but who knows? And I thought you were going with the Phillies comment of how the Phillies got swept out there last year when they were trying to make a run at the NL East. It's a tough place to play. Yeah. I will I will say that. Um, late games, not too many people. Yeah. Um, just a very weird stadium. Yeah. Dark. Um, very strange. Long power alleys. Yeah. Adam doesn't know anything about that, being a Giants fan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think that's a good place to to leave them. Not a ton of expectations. So for two divisions in a row, we kick off with the low the low hanging fruit in more ways than one. Uh, but let's keep moving. Let's go to the to the Colorado Rockies. The Rockies making a big splash, signing Chris Bryant to a mega deal. Adam, you want to start with the the Rockies and your thoughts on them? Uh, yeah, I would say probably the most confusing team in the 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 division potentially um i don't really uh potentially i guess the the league um uh it just chris bryant i don't think makes uh they were not a chris bryant away from competing uh i don't really know why 
Chris Bryant really even wanted to go there. I mean, I guess to hit 500 foot home runs as you can do in cores, but um, again, just not a team that there's like a lot of excitement about, in my opinion. I, I don't really understand why they would balk at paying Nolan Arenado, who's you know been kind of the face of the franchise, and trade him away. I guess he became a little disillusioned with the team, um, but then just go and sign someone like Chris Bryant. It seems like a matter of time before he's you know going to consider leaving. Uh, they have some, I guess, some. Uh, exciting pitching. I mean, Herman Marquez is very uh, uh, an exciting pitcher. I've always been high on uh, Friedland or Freeland, um, but I don't really, I don't see sort of a road to competition, uh, especially in this division for him. So I, I definitely agree. Um, I would argue that the Rockies are um, certainly the most confusing and puzzling organization in Major League Baseball. Um, yes, you could make an argument that they're the most confusing and puzzling organization in professional sports. Um, <laughs> and to your point about uh, what was on, what was Chris Bryant thinking? I can think of 182 million reasons. Yeah. Um, there had to be another team. Why, like... There did. Did you happen to see though? Um, and I give as, as annoying as he is and as much damage as he's done to the game. Um, in, in a number of ways. You could argue. I wouldn't necessarily argue, but you could argue. Um, Scott Boris deserves every single penny he gets for, sure. for fleecing this one. Yeah, um, Pretty remarkable. Apparently, Scott Boris was asked, I think uh, either John Heyman or Bob Nightingale tweeted this earlier today or yesterday, um, but was asked to shed some light on some of the competing offers that the Brian Camp had. Yeah. Um, other than Colorado, and he said something along the lines of, "When I go to a wedding, I don't talk about the bridesmaids." <laughs> um, so you have to think that that is, uh, in part, Scott Boris's way of saying that there was a lot of green between uh, what Brian ended up getting and some of the what other got, yeah. offers that were out there. But yeah, it really makes no sense. So I had mentioned to to Adam and Jordy that I started thinking about. Uh, previewing the NL West when I was on the plane home from Florida I'm excited for last this. Sunday. And I wrote down a tweet that I saw that came before the Bryant deal was actually done, but the Rockies were clearly interested. This was in response to that. So it's from Emma Bocellieri, a Sports Illustrated writer. Um, she wrote, the Rockies are easier to understand if you stop trying to see them as a baseball team and instead just view them as some kind of elaborate performance art. Um, and, and I think it's, it's very, very true. Um, you know, the Rockies, we, we talked last year with Andrew, uh, yeah. Jordy, about the Rockies kind of being a destination yeah. organization, yeah. Um, you know, being really fun for out-of-towners to catch a game or a weekend of games at Coors Field. Yeah. We talked about, you know, Denver and Boulder and the surrounding area being sort of a very transitory town. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird fucking deal. It is a weird um, deal. You know, it all but Arenado aside. Um, Trevor Story, too. Trevor Story. Yeah. Like, all the organizations that, you know, are, are seemingly in on, on Trevor Story right now. How could it not have been his hometown Rockies, who, by the way, didn't trade him yeah. when they actually could have gotten some value for him 
at the trade deadline last year and are basically going to be left with nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, not too much to be excited about if, if you're a Colorado Rockies fan. Again, um, you're playing in a really top-heavy division. Um, there are going to be a lot of home runs hit whenever the Dodgers and Padres come to town. Yeah. I can uh, assure you of that. Yeah. So, so that will be entertaining. In addition to Trevor Story, you lost John Gray yep. uh, to the Rangers before the lockout. Um, certainly last year wasn't a breakout for him, but it was, I would argue, with the exception of his rookie year, his most consistently good year since yeah. coming to the big leagues. And he has definitely not had a linear upward progression over the course of, of his major league career. One player I, I did want to highlight, and he was a godsend for me in fantasy in part because of his positional versatility last year, but it was Ryan McMahon. Yeah. Um, who's played a bunch of second and third base. Definitely someone I think worth keeping an eye on. Um, someone whose numbers both in and out of course field were actually pretty comparable on yeah. level, which for me is one of the first things that I look at whenever I look at a bat in, in Colorado. Yeah. Is how are they hitting outside of Colorado? Yeah. Um, so just one name to kind of kind of keep your eyes on um, going into the 2022. But yeah, the headline is it's not as bleak as it is in, in Arizona. Yeah. It's still pretty bleak and it's very confusing. Well. Yeah, it's definitely confusing. You still have, didn't mention Charlie Blackman and kind of the weird year he had. Garrett Hampson's another name that I usually try to keep an eye out for. Just versatile, maybe not as versatile position-wise, but can steal some bases, can can get hits. So they have opportunities there. But you mentioned the pitching. Really outside of Marquez, not really a lot to talk about. Losing John Gray, you bring in Chad Cool, which I only note. Cool. Cool. I only note because we got married to the same place. I've so heard, yeah, so that's story. the only reason why I pay attention to his career. Local to, boy, I yeah, went to Delaware. Saw his by total happenstance major league debut. I did as well at Citizens Bank Park. Citizens Bank Park, when yeah. he was a pirate. Yeah, and Very he nice. bought all the uh, the entire Delaware baseball team seats behind the dugout. He, I remember there being a very, very large Chad Kuehl contingent. Yeah, and if you watch the late inning game, the late innings of that game, because it took like an hour and a half to get to the ninth inning, then the Pirates teed off of the Phillies, and you can see me and Jared Barnes trying to catch home run balls, and we missed out on all five of them in like the eighth and ninth inning. And at one point, Paul Caroli was there. Oh, is this uh, where the famous uh, Jared Paul picture is? Yes. The, yeah. fa- the father-son. Yes, uh, this is that game. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen it as well because uh, Jared pulled a uh, Zach Campbell and pushed a bunch of little kids out of the way trying to catch home run yeah. balls. Yeah, there was that. There were, we had both of Did my... Did that actually happen? He didn't push any little kids out of the way, but there... My wife was there and Jared's, at the time, girlfriend, and they were, Jared and I were in the middle of the four seats, so they, like, we tried to get around them, and there's a good, like, still shot of me going, like, oh, like, my, my two arms, and the ball lands a it. couple seats over from Emily. And would be like, you didn't get out of the way, I could have got this, but a little kid got it, so that's all that really matters. But, yeah, I mean, pitching, I, I don't really see a ton out of. Their bullpen, they added Cologne, and I don't know if that really helps a ton, and Kind of the same thing. Of you just mentioned it. Column A. Column A. Yeah. Yeah. Pronunciation's not my skill. So interestingly enough, though, it's Column A. And Adam, you made a, a slight mistake earlier, which I thought it was this for a long time. It's not Herman Marquez. It's just German. It is. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that until I had him in fantasy this past year. 
uh, and I thought that it was Herman because I look at Domingo Herman, who's a Yankee. Yeah. Um, but it is German. Yeah. Well, that's there's a fun fact to end on. So let's keep moving. Let's get to the exciting teams. We go to one of the biggest lineups in baseball with one of the bigger deals. The Los Angeles Dodgers signed Freddie Freeman now to be their first baseman. Max Muncy's still hurt. He may not make it to opening day, but free, it would be Freeman's job anyway. The Dodgers, a lot of hype around them, rightfully so. Seth, take it away. What are your thoughts on them? Uh, incredibly scary. Yes. Um, just, wow. I knew, based on all of the rumors, that uh, they were serious about Freddie. Yep. But I... Did not see it happening. I didn't think it was going to happen either. It is a remarkable, remarkable lineup. Maybe starting with a couple of, of smaller storylines, um, but there are some some significant, in, in addition to Freddie, some significant departures, some significant changes. Yeah. Um, you, of course, Seager, he lost uh, in free agency to yep. the Rangers. I think, uh, you know, while uh, that's obviously... A bit of a gut punch to, to the lineup. A, they're going to be just fine. Uh, and B, just as importantly, allows Trey Turner to slide back over to shortstop his, his natural position. Yep. Um, and I think uh, a full year of him hitting alongside Mookie Betts, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, obviously, Justin Turner is uh, going to be, again, the word yep. to come back to is scary. Yep. Um, you obviously lost uh, Max Scherzer. Um, in free agency to the Mets, had an incredible run with the Dodgers. And then just yesterday, uh, Kenley Jansen, um, last night, signed with the Braves. Yeah. Um, so you've lost your, your longtime closer. Um, I think uh, the Dodgers will more than be able to weather this storm, which uh, losing, having lost Max Scherzer, Kenley Jansen, and Corey Seager is, is a pretty remarkable thing to say yeah. in the organization. Uh, but they're going to be... Just fine. A couple of other smaller um, signings and pickups that, that the Dodgers have made, uh, but that I think have the potential to be sneaky good. Um, pre-lockout, you had Andrew Heaney. Mm-hmm. Um, just the other day, Tyler Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, two like pretty comparable lefties. Yeah. Um, lefties who are going to sort of slide into the to the back end of the rotation, but I think are really important depth for the Dodgers. They did bring back super utility man Chris Taylor. Um, who has has been a godsend for that organization over the years. Yes. Sort of the prototypical Dave Roberts uh, plug-and-play type player. So um, the sky's the limit, as it was last year for the Dodgers. Yeah, they're incredibly exciting to see what's going on there. I did see on the Kenley Jansen signing some, I don't know who it was. It might have been a Braves beat writer. I saw it from a retweet from one of my friends saying, like, the date is October whatever if Kenley Jansen strikes out Freddie Freeman to send the Braves back to the World Series. And my friend had retweeted it saying, I too have had a drink tonight. <laughs> which was which was just funny to see. It is. I mean, I know we're talking about the NL West, but the arms race between the Braves and Dodgers this offseason, and, and you have to throw the Mets in there as well, yeah. if, if you're talking about the NL. And to... A much lesser extent, I would argue the Phillies. Yeah, um, I would to, too. To a much I, I would extent. too as well. Um, but is literally with arms race. That's my big yeah. problem with the Phillies right now. I, I, if I were a Phillies fan, I would feel exactly the same. Yeah. Way. Um, but it's it's incredibly exciting and entertaining. It is pretty remarkable as well how the past week 
has just completely changed the narrative from the dysfunction of Major League Baseball, the incompetence of Rob Manfred, yeah. to actually baseball and to all of the wheeling and dealing and who's going where. Um, and it seems like there's genuine excitement. Um, and I, I think that's a really good thing for the game, and it's not necessarily something that, that I saw coming. No. It was always obvious there was going to be a frenzy, but actually living it and experiencing it and going to bed uh, one night and waking up the next morning to find out that Carlos Correa um, has signed what is essentially a one-year deal yeah. with the Minnesota Twins yeah. um, is endlessly entertaining. Yes, it absolutely is. It's such a good point. We were talking about it before the show of like a couple years ago when Harper was a free agent and how there ended up being a mini frenzy, but nobody was signing forever and the baseball wasn't in a lockout. And now the silver lining, I guess, of the lockout is that we get this incredible frenzy to your point of all these different deals that kind of come literally in the 11th hour of the night and wake up to them, see it. You saw, to again, talk about the Phillies, but you saw all the like reactions of players in the in the clubhouse at, down in Clearwater of like, yeah, we woke up to a bunch of texts about Castellanos and all that. It's like seeing that and like seeing more interaction is just fun and it's, it is great because, you know, we could go man fraud and all that stuff and now we're just talking about players and actual baseball and spring training games are underway and it's exciting. He's still man fraud. He is still man fraud. Absolutely. All right, Adam. You're a Giants fan. Dodgers, the most hated rival. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, as much as it pains me to admit it, I mean, I think we're potentially talking about one of the greatest lineups, you know, top to bottom of all time. I And I don't know if that may come off as hyperbole, but you look around and, I mean, you're talking about a lot of players that are in the, the top three at their respective positions. I mean, we talked about... You know, we have three former MVPs. You know, you don't know what Cody Bellinger is going to really be this year from his year last year, but I think, you know, he can't really be worse. So I think he's going to bounce back. And we didn't talk about, you know, Will Smith, who uh, obviously a little bit biased here, but after the retirement of Buster Posey, I think is going to take the mantle as potentially the best catcher, uh, or definitely the best catcher in um, the NL West and potentially the best catcher in the National League. Um, I mean, he's he's un- unreal. And, you know, the fact that you have a player like Gavin Lux, who I think on almost any other team would be, they'd find a place for him to start and is really sort of sitting as the second utility guy on this team, right? Because he's not as good, or Chris Taylor is going to be the number one utility guy. And then you have Gavin Lux. And I mean, Max Muncy was an MVP candidate last year until he got hurt. Um, I mean, granted, a lot of that was done against the Giants. It seems like he shifts it into another gear against them. But I mean, we're, we're just, I, this team is just unreal. And they won, what was it, 106 games last year? And frankly, had pretty bad injury luck and pretty bad, like a lot of players kind of fell off. Like I said, Cody Bellinger fell off a cliff. So, you know, with better luck and um, obviously it's hard to know what Trevor Bauer is going to be for them. I think he's sort of an unknown, but they basically got nothing out of him last year. And if he plays, which I, I obviously don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, when he on the baseball field, he's a very, very talented pitcher and he's going to be like their number three starter. So this is a, just a very talented team top to bottom. So I'm going to put the question out there and it's, it's uh, a strange thing to, to even ask about and to speculate on, but do we even think Bauer pitches another game in a Dodgers uniform? 
I have genuinely, uh, this is such a terrible answer to that, but I have genuinely no idea how they're going to handle this. Um, I don't remember. He was on whatever the exemption list was last yeah, year. List yeah, so he's, he's I, I would hope no, is my answer. I would hope no. I, um, the reports that came out were just disgusting. Uh, and I like to think that playing baseball is more of a privilege um, and like, just the way that he's if he was on the Giants, I would hope he would never play again. And I'm I'm thankful that he's not. Yeah, I obviously there's stuff with the Phillies that has plenty of answers there of my opinions, and I begrudgingly have to see players that have similar allegations there. So I hope not that he doesn't just to set some sort of example in a different sport with football. You've seen a ton now with Deshaun Watson going to the Browns and all of that comparatively to Calvin Ridley getting suspended for gambling granted, on his team and not against his team and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's – I mean, Adam said it perfectly. It was disgusting to hear that kind of stuff. So I, I hope not, but we'll see what ends up happening and how baseball decides to approach this. What do you think? So I, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I think that baseball – Major League Baseball doesn't have that much more runway in terms of buying itself time. Yeah. And in terms of just pushing out uh, – on the restricted list for another week here, on the restricted list for another week there. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can sort of keep that dance going in perpetuity. Um, so I think they're either going to have to come down with a suspension yeah. at some point soon, or he's going to have to be eligible, and he will be eligible to play at some point, and then the Dodgers are going to have a decision to make. It was really interesting. I don't know if either of you saw it the other day, but when – uh, reporters were going around the clubhouse getting reactions from Clayton Kershaw and Justin Turner um, about the Freeman signing. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw uh, indirectly but very directly commented on, on the Bauer situation by talking about clubhouse culture yeah. and how Freeman was going to fit in seamlessly, um, how he's, you know, Freddie is just a, a universally likable guy, uh, and how talent. Uh, how the talent in that clubhouse might be sky high, but what's really going to be important moving forward is is culture. And yeah. I don't think you can read those comments from Clayton Kershaw, the longest tenure Dodger, um, and not read them as a comment on keep this guy the fuck away from our clubhouse. Yeah. We do not want him. Uh, it would really surprise me if he pitches another game with the Dodgers. It would disappoint me as well. Yeah. Um, that said, it's kind of a... It's, it's tricky if we're talking purely about baseball, if we're talking about the Dodgers lineup being incredible, which it is, uh, a very, very solid bullpen despite the loss of uh, Kenley Jansen. You're pretty much just sliding Blake Trinan over in, yeah, into, into the closer. closer. You yeah. have, have a ton of depth. Um, once you get past Walker Bueller, though, um, you know, maybe this is a function of my uh, not having watched the NL West well, well, as much as Adam and as much as others over the years, but I still look at uh, Julio Urias, and I know his numbers have been incredible over the past two years, um, but I still see a big injury risk. Yeah. Uh, and, and that might not be fair because he has logged a good number of innings yeah. um, over the past couple years. Um, obviously, Kershaw. Uh, a significant injury risk. You know you're going to be able to count on him. You know for fewer and fewer innings each and every year. Um, and then beyond that, you're talking about 
you know, taking a flyer, hoping that Andrew Heaney turns into the Robbie Ray of, of 2022. As a Yankee fan who suffered through Andrew Heaney giving up an incredible number of, of home runs during his brief stint as a Yankee last year, I don't see it. I don't buy it. You know, maybe moving back to the West Coast does wonders for him. Um, we'll change the scenery. Change the scenery. Um, Tony Gonsolin you have. Um, you've got... Tyler Anderson, who, yep. who you just signed as well. There there are definitely names there, and these are names that are going to be hugely important to get them through a 162 game. I just wonder about the, the top-tier front-end starting that you're going to need. Um, the Scherzer, DeGrom, uh, 1-1-A. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers right now don't really have that, that 1-A yeah. behind Euler. Um, and if I were a Dodger fan, that would be the one thing that gave me a little bit of pause. And I think it's it's just a really interesting calculus if we keep Trevor Bauer in the back of our minds. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it does become a huge factor in seeing there, and especially that back half of the of the not bullpen, but the of the rotation, and seeing where they end up going. Especially if the Padres stay healthy, if they are finally living up to the hype that we saw for the first half of last year, and then injuries and all that stuff, talk about a team with bad injury luck and everything with that and whatever the Giants end up doing if they're on the same pace that they were on last year where they won 107 games or wherever in between they fall into. So seeing some of those series, especially late in the year, depending on where they are with Kershaw and his health and depending on what seasons the, some of these guys have that they're taking flyers on. And again, not to not to belittle Urias because he did have an incredible year last year, but seeing if he can continue doing that is important i hope i hope he proves everything yeah, that I, I hope so Rob, too because i love his stuff yeah um he's like an absolute gamer really he's fun to watch. to watch on the mound yeah. yeah um so i hope he proved me wrong but i just i i look at some of the early career arm issues yeah um, and, and it just yeah that's a good point his first couple of years were were dicey to say the least and he had all the hype and everything i remember i think espn did like a special like I think it was on like a Wednesday or Thursday telecast. Yeah, when he made his yep. when he made his debut, I like remember it was a huge deal, and I think they like it might have been Wednesday night baseball, it might have been when they still had that, but yeah, it was like a big deal, and he kind of had that weird year. I think it was 2016 was his debut. It was 2015, but it was one or the other. But yeah, very very interesting career to follow. So follow. I want to direct a question to Adam, um, who talked about Cody Ballinger. Um, you said that. Um, there's really nowhere to go but up. Is that true? I guess, I mean, you, it could always be worse. Uh, obviously, it could yeah. always. Um, the thing about him is I think the shoulder injury um, that he was fighting through, uh, I think he was really, I think he was hurting from that, and I think another year removed from that. Uh, I believe he had surgery to kind of clean it up uh, like this time last year or this off se- uh, last off season, um, I think he will be good. I mean, one fun note, uh, as we mentioned, uh, Julio uh, Julio Urias. Uh, I believe he actually had a higher average than Cody Bellinger uh, last year. Urias hit uh, two hundred three, which I believe is higher than uh, Bellinger ever got to. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But I think you know, I still think he plays. You know, I guess he might not have the strongest arm in the outfield. Um, he might not have the strongest arm in the outfield simply because a man named Mookie Betts exists, but he still has probably one of the strongest arms in baseball. 
Uh, I think worst case, you're talking about a guy who can play elite defense and will, I think, bounce back to be at least uh, an average hitter. Uh, one thing to talk about with the um, uh, starting pitcher talk is um, they did lose Dustin May last year, I think in his first game. I think That's he made true. one one start. And I don't know when he'll be back because he did have Tommy John. Um, but you think at some point, um, you know, here Fangraphs has him projected to pitch 17 games this year. Uh, but it's hard to know, you know, what that, what that will really be. Um, you know, and when he's healthy, he's, he's unreal. And the, the bullpen games they had last season um, were, were dominant. If you go and look, I mean, we talked about how deep their bullpen is. I mean, they have, what, what is, I don't know, I never pronounce his name right. Um, Gratterall? Yep. Gratterall? Uh, I mean, he throws the easiest 100. If you ever watch, you know, him pitch, I mean, he literally, it looks like he's, you know, tossing the ball with his kid in the backyard, and then all of a sudden it's 102. Um, you know, I mean, they're just stacked, and I, I think I think they'll be okay. And one thing to note, once again, last year, uh, they won 106 games, and if you look at their record in the extra inning games where we got to play, I guess, man fraud ball, uh, with the ghost runner on second. Which we're going to get to play again this year, it seems like. It seems like we are trending towards the runner on second and extras, indeed. Um, uh, but their record was, was bad. And, you know, I guess if we continue to play that. But that seems sort of like crappy. You know, a team that's 100, winning 106 games, struggling like that. Um, so, once again, I, I think this team, <clears throat> you know, I guess if I wanted to be bold, I perhaps the the Mariners of the early 2000s should potentially look at. I think that they can genuinely win um, well above 100 games. And the question is, is someone in this division going to challenge them enough that they feel the need to really win that many games? And I think, uh, as we mentioned, outside of the division, the Braves, the Mets will maybe really push them towards the end. I think. Um, we don't have to get too far into the mats. I don't. I they're very much like I'll believe it when I see it type team. I feel like they keep spending money and they they win nothing with it. Um, but I think this team can be unreal, and I think the win total is more dependent on who is going to push them to get to those those heights of wins. Yeah, it's a really good point. And funnily enough, the according to WinBet, the Dodgers over under win total is set over. is ninety five. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Over that, yeah, they're going to win 100 games. Yeah, they're they're first at 95. The Yankees are at 93, second. Then the Astros at 92. Over. White Sox and Padres at at 91 and a half, which could be White, White Sox over Padres under. Yeah, so I guess that's a good transition to the Padres. Why do you think under? So the Padres are. It's it's such a shame because we came in to last season. I feel like everyone, probably outside of the Chadoff family, was a Padres fan coming into last yeah. season. On the heels of Slam Diego, um, you know, Petco Park got some amazing, amazing airtime during the playoffs. What an awesome place to play! Tatis Sky was was the limit. And just an unmitigated disaster of, of a season last year, particularly uh, the final four months of oh, the yeah. season. You know, you look at the 
Padres on paper, and there's an enormous amount to be excited about. Uh, incredible depth of, of starting pitching. Um, I know I'm going to leave someone out here, but you're looking at Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, um, Chris Paddock, Joe Musgrove, hugely underrated. Mike Clevenger coming back yep. from, from Tommy John surgery. Uh, and Nelson Lamette, who we're not entirely sure what his uh, injury status is right yeah. now. But, Always hurt. Yep. Yeah, uh, but, but someone who, when he's healthy, if he's healthy, um, incredibly nasty stuff and, and has proven that he can um, get outs at, at the major league level. Some really big name superstars. Um, obviously, Fernando Tatis um, and motorcycles don't get along too yes. well. Um, you know, what a gut punch for that organization. I think it's fair to say that you can't really expect anything from him this year. I know that, you know, he's supposedly coming back in three months, but you're talking about a major, major wrist surgery. Yeah. That on top of the shoulder issues he's had, it's it's tough to see him being an effective player in in 2022 yeah certainly tough to see him playing up to potential you still have Manny Machado you just traded for Luke Voigt rest in peace meet him Luke um the other day um you have some other big names Drake Cronenworth had a fantastic 2021 still expecting big things for him come 2022 you still have although it seems like they are desperate to unload at least one of them uh, Eric Hosmer and Will Myers um so there's a lot to be excited about on paper. Um, sort of like Adam said about the Mets, I will see it when I believe it. When they can put it together for a full 162 games, I will believe it. Yeah. Um, I was a believer heading into last year. I am very much a non-believer heading into this year. I have the exact same thoughts on the team. I think we, you, myself, and Andrew were all, all aboard the hype train last year. We thought it was going to be... Dodgers Padres, not Dodgers Giants, going down to the wire. If you'd said that two teams were going to win 106 and 107 games, I would have thought the Dodgers won the 107, the Padres won the 106, obviously. The Giants won the division, and yeah, it's exactly what you just said. A team that either finds bad injury luck, whether it's now a wrist injury from motorcycling with Tatis, obviously he's had the shoulder issues that have shut him down a couple different times over the course of the last few seasons, and... How do you have a significant motorcycle accident or two in Tatis's case? Yeah. The only thing you're coming away with is a significant miss. I don't know. Yeah. I guess ask Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's the only person that I guess we could could ask that question to. Because so I think he, I don't even think he broke anything when he when he fell off his motorcycle however many years ago that was. But yeah, exactly what you said. I'll see it when I believe it, and I really hope they're a team that we're talking about. Towards the end of the season, fighting for one of those three wild card spots, and you know, we get to see them in October. You mentioned it; Petco's awesome. It looks great on TV, and and it would be fun to see them there, especially just from Tatis being one of the faces of baseball that they're really circling around. And it's good to get him in a national spotlight and have him in big games like that. And baseball, very clearly, through all the talk and the lockout about expanding the playoffs, wants that to be their center ring for you know the three-ring circus that Manfrot's running here. You know, it'd be great for them to be there. But, yeah, the the pitching, we want to see that be healthy and 
consistent, and we need to see that out of them. So there's a lot of a lot of question marks that I hope turn into green check marks, but right now it's not. It's still question marks. Adam, do you have any thoughts on this team before we jump to your Giants? Yeah, I think I think Seth, you know, and yourself said it really well. You know, it's definitely a, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it team. I think probably bigger than the Mets and probably the biggest in baseball. Um, I think the Tatis injury obviously hurts, and it's never a good sign that uh, I saw a reporter asked, um, you know, about the motorcycle accident, and I believe he responded with which one, uh, which is not what you want your star and face of franchise to do. I think the the good news for them is they have a lot of players, I think, that can play that position. Um, obviously not to his level, considering he's you know one of the best shortstops in baseball. Um, but Manny Machado, obviously, in his last, uh, his last season with Baltimore, and then I think when he went over to the Dodgers in that one year, um, where I think that was the Red Sox year, where they lost yeah, to the yeah, Red Sox, struck, struck out. out. Yeah. I think he was playing shortstop, so you could potentially slide him over. I don't think he was a very good defensive shortstop, but you could do that. Uh, Cronenworth can kind of play all over the diamond. Uh, and then they have the Korean product, uh, Ha Seung Kim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's right. Uh, Kim, uh, who I'm notoriously generally too high on international players coming over. I generally think that they're going to be, uh, I guess, everything in a bag of potato chips, and they tend to struggle initially. Um, but I think he can be good. Um, one person we didn't really talk about, or I'll give two more. Um, Trent Grisham in center field yeah. is like, he's just the most like plug and play, like just you can count on him. And I think, you know, I think he'll be, uh, you know, I think he'll be great. And then in the bullpen, uh, just someone I like to watch personally, Emilio Pagan, yeah. uh, who came over from the, uh, the Rays, I believe is where he originally was, or, you know, what I remember him as. And, I mean, he throws that ball, and it looks like someone's got a remote control controlling it. I mean, it, it goes – the movement is unreal. It's – he throws it's, – it's fun to watch, to say the least. But I think there's just a lot of question marks. Uh, you know, what, what is Blake Snell going to be? You know, he went from winning a Cy Young to being not very good. Uh, you know, what can we expect from Clevenger? I think there's a lot of question marks with this team, and I think this is a bad division to have question marks. I think this is a really bad division to have question marks. Um, but I think, and I'll get into this, you know, I think they're going to be a really, really strong team, uh, you know, as far as, you know, record-wise and stuff like that. And I, I, I could see them playing significant baseball in September, or excuse me, October. Um, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, I just think, you know, your star player who – Fangraphs has projected at 7.9 wins above replacement, which is a frankly bonkers number. Um, but having significant wrist surgery, frankly, weeks before opening day, uh, I guess maybe more like a month and a half, is, is never, never a good sign for the team. So I agree with everything you said, Adam, but I would also just point out that Fernando over the past two years has been a disaster at shortstop. Uh, uh, Defense-wise, defensively? Defensive. Yep. Yeah, I mean, his error numbers are alarming, the to say the least. And, yeah. Um, I think some of it is probably mechanical. A lot of it is, is just mental and, and focus. Um, maybe um, if, if everyone has said what they want to say about the Padres, um, an interesting segue into the 
giant storylines, and certainly one of the most exciting storylines for the first couple of weeks of the season, was the Dodgers-Padres rivalry, and just how good some of those games were in 2020. They played like two incredible series to start off in yeah. 2021. Um, but that storyline changed pretty quickly to the Dodgers-Giants rivalry and a rekindling of a rivalry with, with two incredible teams. Yeah. Um, be interested to see uh, what form that takes this year. Um, so maybe that's maybe that's a segue into yeah, that's the a perfect final team, the that's, San Francisco Giants. That is a perfect segue into it. Yeah, the Giants obviously won the division last year. Didn't really have. I honestly can't even remember what we said about the Giants a year ago of any sort of hype, any sort of real talk around them. I think we might have said might have said. I think you listened to listen back to it. Of is this Buster Posey's last year? It was. But Adam, you're the Giants fan. I'll let you kick this thing off and talk about them. Yeah, I mean, obviously losing Buster Posey is, you know, probably the biggest story of the offseason for the Giants. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was, by some metrics, the most valuable catcher last year. Um, is he know, going to pull a Tom Brady? No. There is, uh, I think the writing is on the, I didn't expect him to retire after a career year, but I think he's not tired of baseball because I think, you know, he loves the game. I think he was just tired of catching. I think that you know, to be a catcher for as long as he was. And, you know, he was at Florida State, uh, you know, catching all the time and strangely also closing baseball games sometimes. Uh, There's some fun photos of him pitching back then. Um, And obviously the number two overall pick from a few years ago, Joey Bart, um, to see what they have in him, I think will be very, very interesting. He got to be called up when the 2020 shortened season and he looked not good. didn't walk at all, struck out a ton, had no pop, did not hit a single home run uh, in that time. And so, you know, to see what they have. But, you know, Kurt Casale looked, you know, had a horrific, you know, his overall season numbers are a little low, um, but he started out horrifically and really bounced all the way back. Um, I think health is going to be an interesting part of this team just because of the age of everyone. Um, You know, Brandon Crawford is old, Brandon Belt is old, and you know, gets hurt all the time. Evan Longoria, you know, it'll be very interesting to see. I think they've built a sneaky deep uh, rotation with a lot of kind of moving pieces with, uh, especially uh, Radon. I expected him to, you know, I expected the Dodgers, frankly, to be more in on him, um, you know, as sort of like a guy that could really bolster their rotation, but it'll be really interesting. I mean, you mentioned home runs at cores. I mean, this is a team last year that broke the record for, you know, their franchise record for most home runs. And I mean, that's a, that's a team that employed uh, Mr. Barry Bonds for years uh, when he was hitting, you know, 70 home runs. Yeah. They broke the franchise record for home runs. And, you know, obviously there's differences in eras, you know, one's the steroid era and the other one's, you know, a juiced player era versus a juiced ball era. Uh, They changed the dimensions of the ballpark uh, in between 2020 and 2021. So that can play a role. Um, But it'll be really, really interesting just to kind of see what this team does. I obviously cannot expect 107 wins and I don't expect them really to contend for the division simply because I'm so high on the Dodgers. But I think, you know, if they're out of the playoffs, I think something has has probably gone pretty wrong uh, for this team. 
Yeah, I. Uh, that's really well put. Glad to get a fan's perspective on that. I think, yeah, R- Radon is certainly a, an awesome pickup. And to see that and starting it, it's certainly a better, it's certainly an improvement on losing Gosman. He goes to the, to the Blue Jays. They're going to be an exciting team. And I think seeing what they can do, we, we did you mention Mikey Shremsky? Yeah, I mean, another talented young guy, obviously Yaz's grandson, but a really exciting team with names there. Obviously, guys that have been around since the the World Series trifecta from the start of the, the 2010s, and, and yeah, they, they should be fun. And I think you're right. If, if they're not in the playoff conversation, something bad has probably happened, or we've just seen a serious regression from some of those older players. But, Seth, what do you think of this team? So, I I look at the Giants roster, even last year, and I look at 107 wins, and I'm I'm just amazed. Yeah. Um, I think it says an incredible amount, as painful as this uh, might be for you to hear, Jordy, about Gabe Kapler. Yeah. Um, who um, I think is just a fit out there. Yeah. Um, he's a fit with the organization. People have clearly bought into his philosophy. Yeah. And, and it really shows. Um, I look at the Giants, to be quite honest, as the Rays of the West. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that's a good take. Kind of look at their roster, and it's it's a bit of a head scratcher. Well, yeah. how are they this good? Um, and they're pests, and and they just hang in there. I agree with what Adam said. Um, and you know, unlike the Rays, age is a little bit more of a concern. Yeah. And, and the rapid decline of certain players. Um, but. Coming off of the 2021 that they had, I'll say the same thing about the Giants as I said about the Padres. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe that the decline is happening once I see it starting. To yeah, happen. exactly. I, I don't think that anyone in that division, I don't necessarily know if anyone in baseball is going to be able to run for 162 games with, with the Dodgers. But I do expect to see the Giants back, especially considering the fact that we're talking about an expanded playoff pool. I do expect to see the Giants grabbing maybe that that fifth or sixth spot. Yeah. Um, really excited to see a full season from Logan Webb. Yes. Um, who um, who pitched last night in his first spring training game had an incredible run throughout the postseason. Um, just a young pitcher who really knows how to pitch. Yeah. It's above average stuff, but that stuff plays as much, much, much more than above average. Um, I like sort of the uh, short-term higher AAV Redone signing yeah. um, quite a bit as well. I mean, there are questions when you get a little bit deeper into their rotation. There are some, some questions on the bullpen, but I think this name of the game there is 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 depth, and they find people um, and, and Gabe Kapler knows how to put people in that organization in positions to succeed. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be exciting to watch. Um, I, I kind of look at like San Francisco and Colorado being almost like polar opposites of, of one another, and there aren't too many div- other divisions in baseball that are like that, just in terms of power-inducing and power-suppressing yeah. um, environments to play in. And I think that's just like a really neat thing um, about the NL West and the balance of, of the so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, and it's good that San Francisco has a good team coming in to any season because it's just such a beautiful ballpark and it's such um, 
an iconic place to play. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the fun I think is good for baseball. Well, I think what's also good for it, you mentioned it with the rivalry with the Giants and the Padres. It's better when that's good. It's the same thing when the Yankees and the Red Sox are both good. It's good for baseball. You have those storylines there. You have players that are exciting and are can be faces of baseball. And, you know, you have Gabe Kapler, who's certainly a face of managers and, and is a personality. And on your point with the Phillies, it was never really – I personally was never anti-Kapler. It was much more of he did his best with whatever he had to do with a lineup that Matt Clintac just didn't really do a good job of constructing. He also wasn't a fit. Yeah, he wasn't really that big of a fit. It definitely – the polling of Nola in his first game, the Phillies ended up blowing that game. Never got him on the right foot. Obviously, not, he got not, booed. Not starting your one returning All Star. Yeah. Uh, because of matchups. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um, in in that opening day game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, starting off on the wrong foot and it yeah. just continuing. And it, yeah, it never really is the perfect way to put that. Yeah, it ne- it just never really got got going that way. And then I think also how that 2018 season ended up going, and they were in contention when they weren't supposed to be really any good that year. And then they end up completely just falling apart. I forget what their record in September was that year. Like, so they just never, you're right. It was never a fit. And it, he never really, he never really dug himself out of that hole to start of it. But it was more, at least for me, it was more of Clintac and just how he constructed that roster. But I'm glad he's doing well. And obviously has done a lot of great things in San Francisco so far with, various different ways that he's reached out to the community and to the baseball community as a whole. And it's great. And like you said, it's better when, when the giants are there, they have an awesome ballpark. I went there for the first time last year and it was great. And you know, it's another thing of just baseball wants to highlight the best things they have going for it. And a historic franchise, like the giants, a historic ball, or not, maybe not historic ballpark, but an iconic ballpark, you know, is, you know, it's, it's good for them to be in the spotlight. So good for the giants. I, like the, I'll believe it when I see it on the decline. So it'll be really interesting to see how they start this season, how they go through the middle months and see where injuries go and see what they're doing at the trade deadline. Cause they can certainly, I think their farm system's still pretty solid, right? That's yeah, so they have, they have pieces that they could potentially shell out to either go for a replacement type, like how Logoria had his injury issues. So they brought in Chris Bryant or like any other players that they might want to go out and seek to try to, you know, fill in any gaping holes that they may have. So it's exciting to see. I have a question for Adam. So Adam, outside of, of Redon, I think this is an offseason that has been marked by relative inactivity um, by the Giants front office. Um, a, I guess it's a three-part question. Does that disappoint you as a fan? Is Does it come as a surprise to you? And coming into the offseason, was there someone that you were really hoping the Giants were going to make a serious run at and ultimately get? Yeah, so, I mean, one thing to note about the Giants is it's it's been a long, long time since they've signed a hitter. Uh, you know, one of these big, big hitters. Um, you know, they've always finished kind of second um, in the Stanton uh, trade from the Marlins to the Yankees. Uh, the Giants were kind of second there. The Bryce Harper sweepstakes, the Giants were kind of there. Uh, the Otani sweepstakes, the Giants were second there. Hitters don't really want to come and play in San Francisco, regardless of how well this team is hitting. And they, they do hit well. You know, the last couple of seasons, they've been one of the better offensive teams in baseball. Hitters don't want to come. So it's difficult to recruit anyone to come. Um, and so that's one thing to keep in mind. So I think fans that were expecting the Giants to come and make splashy plays for, you know, hitters, it's 
it's I think you're expecting something that's never going to happen. Like legitimately, the last time they signed a really big hitter in the offseason may have been Barry Bonds. Um, and so that's something to keep in mind. Um, I think, you know, you, uh, you mentioned the farm system and th- it's strong. It's strong. It's, it's concerning, I would say, though, um, because they have a lot of players in the top 100, but their deltas, right, their change in position are all negative. They've all slid down. Um, Luciano, who was, you know, at one point a top 10 prospect has slid down. Bart, you know, obviously number two overall pick has slid down. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much they want to hold on to those guys versus go make a move. Their biggest hole right now, in my opinion, is maybe an outfielder who could play against left-handed pitching because they love, they love platoon spits. And then second base. They have Tommy Lastella. He's currently sort of rehabbing, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and then the serious, the, to answer the question, though, what is the serious person that I wanted them to make a run at? And this gets back to my international player uh, uh, sort of obsession, I suppose, was Seiya Suzuki. I think that he's going to come in and be really, really good. I think he's going to play above average outfield in a corner spot. I think he's going to steal some more bags than people are expecting him to, and I think he's going to hit with more pop. Uh, I think Chicago got a really good player and, frankly, on a good deal um, because of the suppression. I think uh, one other name that this is more just fun, and if you begin to – people that know anything about the players I pick as sort of my favorite player, uh, they tend to be kind of characters. They tend to be interesting people. I don't really have any joy out of being like, oh, Buster Posey is my favorite player, you know, where it's like, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, whatever. He was like the number two pick or whatever he was. and you know, he won the Golden Spikes Award in college. You know, everyone knows he's going to be great. I think it's really interesting when people kind of come out with fun stories. So for a long time, Jeff Samarja uh, was my favorite player on the Giants, despite him never being all that great for them, just because of his unique story. And the person, I think, to keep an uh, eye on who's going to come up this year, I hope, and maybe pitch up series, is uh, the six foot eleven uh, pitcher, Sean Jelly. Uh, last name is spelled H-J-L-L-E. He's a Kentucky product. Uh, and he's hilarious to watch. Uh, just, you know, I mean, he's the size of Randy Johnson, not that he's ever going to touch it. Uh, I don't know. I, I think probably not now that they've kind of signed some pitchers. Um, you know, off the top of my head, you kind of have Logan Webb, Redone, uh, Tony Disco, Desclafani, who had a really great year when he pitched, when he pitched against anyone other than the Dodgers. I believe his ERA was over seven against the Dodgers and under three against everyone else. Uh, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb. Um, they have this guy, Bede, Bede, I never remember how to pronounce his last name, who is sort of out of options, so he can't be optioned back to the minor leagues, and so it's kind of a prove-it year for him. So they have a lot of pitching, but I think that guy will come up and pitch some innings, uh, and it'll be interesting to see a 6'11 uh, starter. Jelly. Yeah, Mr. Jelly, Mr. Jelly. So, um It'll be interesting. I think this team is good and, like I said, should compete for the playoffs. Uh, but I think 107 wins is a bit of a, a lofty expectation. Yeah, the, uh, the splits for DeScafalni, I fucked up that pronunciation. But um, he, against the Dodgers, six starts, 0 3, pitched 27 innings, let up 22 earned runs. Also 0 2 against the Braves, which is interesting. But then every other team, aside from one start against the Phillies, is below two and a half for his ERA, which is very, very good. Obviously, it's 350 ERA last year. Really, really solid stuff. 
Adam, do you? It's an interesting comment, and I, as I'm thinking back on previous off seasons, you're absolutely right about the Giants not making splashes in terms of bats in free agency. I do wonder how much truth there is to players genuinely not wanting to go play the batters, I should say, play in San Francisco versus um, that being a little bit of organizational cover for not spending big dollars on bats sort of in line with, you know, an organizational philosophy. We want to develop talent in-house. They're not, you know, it's, they're a medium-sized market, I think it's fair to say. I mean, San Francisco is not a big market team. Yeah. Um, just despite, you know, the beautiful stadium by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, do you, have there been players who've like come out and said, I don't want to call Oracle Park my, my home ball field? Uh, it just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like in free agency, money talks. Um, San Francisco's, I mean, a really nice place to live. It seems like um, it's a well run organization. Um, so that, that was just an interesting uh, comment to hear you make, uh, and I'm, I'm curious if that like comes from from something. Yeah, well, so the big one to me is probably the Stanton deal um, because he had a full no trade clause, and I believe the Giants came to terms with the Marlins for a trade for him, and he would not waive his no trade clause to come here or to San Francisco, um, and he was happy to waive it to go, you know, play for the Yankees, and obviously, you know. So, you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, it's not like he waived it to go, you know, move into Tampa or something like that. You know, he gets to go play in the Bronx, but I, I do think, you know, and as far as you said about bringing up their own players, I mean, I think they've started a different person in left field every single year since Barry Bonds has retired. I mean, it has been an absolute turnstile out there. They haven't really had a homegrown outfielder. I mean, in the last, like, like genuinely, like I cannot remember the last like homegrown outfielder. Um, and I think one excuse that a lot of people will come up with is taxes. You know, obviously California is one of the higher tax areas, but the Dodgers seem to get by fine. Um, one thing about the spending though, is they do generally right now, their payroll, I believe is like right around 120, $130 million. So they're definitely spending kind of like a medium market team. But in that sort of 2014 to 2018 range, if you go and look, they were spending 200 plus million dollars. I think they brought in uh, the, he's the vice president or the president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi. And he's... He's Kapler's best buddy. Exactly. So that's actually something we were talking about, Gabe Kapler, earlier and all the success he's having. And I do think Gabe Kapler plays a big role in it. But I think he is simply more open to playing the roster exactly how... Zaidi, Dr. Zaidi, actually, oh. has a, he has a PhD in economics. Uh, Dr. Zaidi. Um, From Yale. I, no, no, <laughs> not quite Moneyball, uh, but yeah, he, uh, he, I think he has an idea of how the roster wants to be played, and I think there was actually probably a lot of tension between him and Bochi. Uh, Bochi obviously being probably one of the oldest school managers, you know, veterans get their time, platoon splits don't you know, matter too much. And I think Kapler is much more open to playing exactly how Zaidi wants to play it. And I think that works really, really well. Um, Another thing we talked about, you know, as far as the culture is concerned, there's a a funny quote from last season that there's no turds in the clubhouse, which is, you know, something that is really, really good. Um, 
But yeah, I don't. Who said that? Uh, I believe it was a Mauricio Dubon quote. I guess one of the Brandon. Yeah, I believe it was Mar- uh, Mauricio Dubon who kind of disappeared last year a little bit. Um, got sent down to the minors and kind of hung down there for a while. So it's interesting for him to have such a positive view on it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like you know a cover, I- I'm I'm certain that you know with the Chris Bryant sweepstakes, I'm sure that if they had offered him six years, one hundred eighty-two million dollars. He would have stayed, uh, no doubt in my mind. I don't know why you would want to go play in Colorado over San Francisco, given the way that the rosters the are. Big Rocky fans feel less bad. I think it was seven. Was it seven? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's seven. Seven years. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure that really helps with them. Yeah. About the value they're getting. Um, and I, I do think that there is there is some probably they they don't I think they value value. I, as weird of a comment as that is, I think they truly don't think that it's beneficial to give out these crazy salaries to a Chris Bryant where he has to play basically like a perennial MVP candidate just to live up to the salary. You know, I think they're definitely uh, into the kind of bargain bin, especially under uh, Zaidi, um, you know, players like Mike Yastrzemski, uh, players like Lamont Wade Jr., players like Darren Ruff, who came back from the KBO after being on the Phillies. And is is great and you know you you look and a lot of these players are kind of you know they reward their players they keep them around for a long time but you're right i mean they don't really go out and give those crazy giant contracts like you know the harper contract is darren ruff the starting left fielder again this year it'll be kind of interesting to see so they signed jock peterson that's right so yeah so jock peterson who allegedly was like on the verge of going to japan is the, the, the reporting I've read. Because he got a one-year, $6 million contract for the, from the Giants. So I'm assuming his market was not very strong. Um, and I think he was, you know, maybe going to go play in the NPB or KBO or, you know, an international league. And so I think Jock Peterson will probably go out and play left field pretty consistently. The DH makes things all really, really interesting. Um, just because Darren Ruff is not exactly an elite glove out there in left field so if you can kind of keep him Lamont Wade Jr. Brandon Belt you know somewhere some mix of those guys will probably try and DH and then you know see what you have in Jock Peterson they also have a younger guy Elliot it's H-E-L-I-O-T Elliot uh, Ramos who's you know one of their top prospects that's supposed to be up this year and you know can play center field or one of the corner outfields so I might see him but yeah I would expect there to be I forget who started in left field last year, but I don't think it would have been. I guess it probably was Dickerson, Alex Dickerson, who's now a, a Brave. So I expect that churn of left fielders to continue. And my, my only uh, comment on everything that you just said, didn't uh, – how many years did Pat play left for the Giants? Uh, two? I think two, I think he was only on the 2010 World Series team. I don't think he was on the 2012 one, was he? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he was. But did he play two years? No. He was he was a ray for a hot second. So he, right. he might not have been on the 2010 team. Maybe he was. No, he was a ray he was a ray in 09 and then he went to the Giants. No, cuz I definitely remember him playing against the Phillies in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm confusing the years. He was not on the 09 team. That was the first Raul Ibanez year. So he left right after the World Series. Um, you mentioned Suzuki, and I did just want to bring this up. Did you guys see his quote 
that he had in his press conference. Mike Trout, I love you. Mike Trout, Trout, I love you on why he chose to wear number 27 for the Cubs. Yeah, it was yeah, so it was, funny. It was very wholesome. Yeah, it really was. It was great. Uh, but yeah, I you know, this is some great giant stock. This is really, really good in-depth stuff. Any any final point you want to make, Seth, before we go, go into some of the more fun stuff? No, it's it's an entertaining division. Yes. Uh, and uh, I, I hope... Uh, for as long as possible, it's a three-team race. Yeah, um, I hope so, too. I, I, I don't think that it will be in the end, yeah. but um, I hope that the Giants and the Padres are able to, to hang in there as long yeah. as they so can. What is your what's your five? It's Dodgers one. So I would actually, if I'm giving you an order, yeah. I would go, and I'm sorry, Adam, but Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Rockies, Diamondbacks. Okay. That's my order. Yeah, I, I would go Dodgers... I'm going to go with the Giants because I just need to see something out of the Padres. Padres 3, Rockies 4, Arizona Diamondbacks 5. I mean, I think 4-5 is – there's clear steps between Arizona and the rest of the division. Then it's still a pretty clear step between Colorado and the rest of the, the top three, the California teams. Adam, what do you got? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go ahead and say Dodgers 1, Giants 2, Padres 3. Um, and then I'd say it's kind of a toss-up between – the other two, I think Colorado probably has on paper the better roster, yeah. but it's hard to know what exactly is going to go on there. Um, as far as the question about Pat the Bat, um, so he was traded to the Giants in 2010, so he uh, wouldn't have started that year, and then started 2011. I found the exact, it is 14 starting left fielders on opening day in 14 years. Going back to 2007, which was the last year of Barry Bonds, I can have the whole, I have the whole list if we want to. Who, who, who do the Giants play uh, opening day against? Oh boy! This year? Uh, are they out? Well, no, guess... they're starting at home. They're starting at home for the first time that against, I can remember. Who, I don't the Marlins. Okay, I couldn't remember. Okay, so you're probably so thinking about health. Um, why can I not Eliezer Hernandez? Um, Sandy Alcantara uh, is who you're opening against. So that means Rock is probably starting in left because you're not starting a righty against a very hard-throwing sinker ball right-handed pitcher. Uh, so 15. Yeah, and on a one-year contract and not a very good player, uh, yeah, I mean, probably going to continue next the year after as well. I, I, wa- I wonder if I could get more than four. Of the 14. Yeah. Can we give it a try? Do we have time? We do. I just wanted to point out, too, another fun fact. So they play the Marlins and the Padres, first two home series. Then they are the first team to play against the Cleveland Guardians in Cleveland. How about So that? that's exciting. Wow. Yeah, that's their opening day game on April 15th. How about that? Well, let's, let's look through this list of 14. This is going to be exciting. All right. So we're not including Pat. Okay. Pat, Pat is, is one of the 14. Yes. So there's 13 total. Yeah, and uh, just it, where this the fourteen year streak begins with Barry Bonds. Okay, um, Michael Morse. Uh, no, did not okay. start. Good guess. Good guess. I mean, a yeah, huge, a huge part of yeah. a couple of the um, World Series. Oh no, excuse me. Yeah, he did right here, twenty fourteen. What am I talking about? Yeah, he's so you got one there. So I'm trying. I'm going like twenty twelve and twenty ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, World Series teams, yeah. in particular. I mean Dickerson, but we already went over him. Sure, uh, Alex Dickerson. Um, Cody Ross. 
No. No, no, no Cody Ross. Good guess. Yeah. He's a big part of the 10 team. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that Brandon Belt never started an opening day and left. I mean, that was a pretty short-lived experiment. Correct, yeah. There's one, I think, as Philly fans that should be relatively obvious. Mm-hmm. Oh, Raleigh Banez? Giant for a minute? Um, I was thinking crazy eyes, oh, constant yeah. movement at the I plate. Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence. In left. Though? In left. Yeah, really? Hunter Pence. Twenty eighteen started in left. I can't remember the Did context of that. Touch? No, because he was. You play center for them. I he was traded to them. Oh, yeah, he was. Well, but he's traded in the off season. He was. He was there. He was there for like months, basically, because oh, then he went to the only, Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, I believe he was traded for in the off season, and the Giants were trying to do this sort of because I think that's the same off season they acquired they Longoria, yeah. and so sort of like a 2012 All Star team yeah, in yeah. 2018 or whatever. So you know, Hunter Pence. Um, yeah, let's, let's hear the others. So Barry Bonds, 2007. Dave or, or, or hints. Feel free to do okay. hints. Okay. Uh, Barry Bonds, 2007. 2008 would be. Um, a rival in the division, but not necessarily a player. A rival in the division, but not necessarily a player. Yeah, so like Is someone in the division. No, no, Jace just Tingler. Uh, Dave Roberts. Dave, oh, Dave really? Roberts, two thousand and eight. Dave Roberts. Yeah. Uh, and I, wow. Uh, Fred Lewis in two thousand and nine. Don't really have much to talk about him. Mark DeRosa in twenty ten. Oh, Pendulum. Um, and you know, I think he's, you know, kind of lost his job then to Pat Burrell in 2011, uh, Aubrey Huff, uh, 2012, uh, yeah, who had a horrific 2012 actually, which is kind of funny. Uh, you know, he bashes participation trophies on Twitter among other things, and he got very much a participation trophy in 2012. he, He is officially banned from Oracle, right? Uh, I don't know if it's official. Uh, he was not asked to return with the 2010 reunion. Um, I mean, to be fair, his most famous contribution to that team, I believe, was a red uh, diamond or ruby studded thong that he would wear underneath his u- uniform called the rally thong. Uh, uh, Torres, uh, Andres Torres in 2013, who sometimes does some announcing for the Giants. What and about Gregor Blanco? Outfits. Is he on the list? Uh, no, not Gregor Blanco. So then we had Michael Morse, Nori Aoki. Kind oh, of a, that's who I was trying to think Yeah, of. That's, a, that's, that's a fun one. one. Uh, Angel Pagan. That's another one. That's another good one. I was, trying, I was trying one. to think of like, the, the Mets center field. Yeah. And, yeah, and here's where some fun stuff begins. So Jarrett Parker, who Ever. looks like a pirate, if you look him up. Uh, like, you know, someone from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Hunter Pence, which I am going to have to go back and look for context why he wasn't in right field. Was it after um, he came back? Left. Right, he left and had an all-star year with the Rangers. With the Rangers. Yeah. yeah, I forget about that. It was like a DH. I yeah. can't remember. I'll have to go back and look at the context of that. Uh, Connor Joe, who is a Rocky now, I believe, right. and looks he good. Uh, and then Alex Dickerson. And then this year, Alex Dickerson literally cannot. He's not on the team. And so probably Jock Peterson will be added to this list. Uh, so kind of a fun fact there for the Giants that they just they just really go through these they just go through these people. I'm disappointed that I I didn't. Yeah, I kind of forgot about Aoki. Um, but yeah, and then I'll have to go back and look about that Hunter Pence thing. 
um, people were not happy when Connor Joe was, he was one of those players that it took like three games for everyone to be over the Connor Joe experience. And then you gotta, <laughs> you have to feel for the guy. Um, but yeah, people were over that pretty quick. Yeah. That's a, that was a fun, fun exercise. It's almost like it's not as bad as the Browns quarterback shirt, but that's a, that's an interesting one to pull up. I feel like that's, that should be talked about more, especially with uh, Barry Bonds's, I guess, reputation with baseball and everything, but something I feel like should be talked about more. But we got anything else? I know you wanted to try to bring up a stadium snack or something like that. Do you, do you have one you wanted to talk about from Florida? No, um, but I would, along the lines of stadium snacks, so anyone who knows me, um, no, it's like at the same thing every time I go to Citizens Bank Park, which is two pulled pork sandwiches from Bulls Barbecue. It's great. And I would, fantastic. Always got to say hi uh, to the bull if he's yeah. there. I would like to petition the Phillies to move the Bulls, we'll call it his pen, yeah. um, to a more prominent place in the stadium. I yeah. hate where they put him now. He's like so off to the side. Yeah, it really is. Watch the game. Yeah, exactly. Well, it used to be ridiculous before they put in the yard. It used to be back there, so he like he really couldn't see the field. But you're right; it is ridiculous. He sits there and like waves, shakes your hand, all that. And this year, I've resolved to going up and asking him um, definitively if he's a salaried employee by the Phillies. Yeah, you should. I. Would hope he is. I hope that's just a volunteer that he's going to sit in he's a booth. Definitely not a volunteer, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking about if he's a salaried employee or if he gets paid by the game. Yeah. Um. That that he goes. I'm really interested in in what the answer is. Yeah. Um. And then lastly, I'm going to ask him as well the over under on pulled pork sandwiches that he eats per game in, in a typical season. Oh, maybe that's how he gets paid. He gets paid in pulled pork. <laughs> Uh, people would do it for less yeah that's that's true yeah yeah the bowl i always love bulls barbecue i do to your point because it used to be where the yard is now they put it in left field where like the boardwalk fries is and everything so i guess they want to try to have like a second food court because they have everything in ashburn alley not even displayed prominently in the food no yeah yeah he's like just off you're exactly right he's off to the side it used to be like you checked out and he was right there now you have to like walk around a corner he's like a stripper in the corner of a room Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, I I would love it though if they'd moved it. I don't know into the where that bar is where they have that pizza oven. Football's barbecue there. Granted, that doesn't resolve your problem that he wouldn't be able to see the game. But then it's like I think you put them smack in the middle of Ashburn Alley. Yeah, you easily could do that. I mean, move something from there. I know they have a Campos. They have that uh, seasoned pizza. I don't think people are really. Yeah, exactly. You're making the face. I don't think people are really getting that. That has to be one of the things. It's not. I'd be very interested in seeing the the list of of what does well at games because Shake Shack always has a line. Obviously, Chickies and Pete's does really well. But like, I'd love to see like the top selling vendors of things at Citizens Bank Park. I will never in my life get pizza at a baseball stadium. That sounds awful. Have you ever done the sushi at Yankee Stadium? No, I don't eat sushi. In oh, you don't eat sushi all, in general? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you if you ate sushi? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I would get a stadium snack that I highlighted years ago. Um, my first ever appearance on a, a Thunder Sports podcast um, was the Ichi Roll at Safeco Field. Oh, um, which I would try just like to get a, a cute little Instagram with it. Yeah, so, I want to try the if they still have it, the fried crickets they have. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, my cousin, his wife's family has had Mariner tickets since the Kingdom, 
and they uh, they speak highly of it. So I, I want to try it. We were going to try to go out. The Phillies are there this year, and it's in the middle of May, and we have weddings and stuff, so we can't make it. But now with the new interleague rules, it's going to be only two years until they go back. I love it. Yeah, so it'll be exciting. Adam, you have any uh, – so when I went to Oracle, I did not – I think I ate before the game, and I didn't end up getting anything there, but the food in center field looked incredible. Is there a go-to spot you have? Uh, not necessarily a go-to spot. I tend not to eat at baseball games very much either. I'm much more of a drink on the train ride there and maybe get some food outside the park. But a classic, two classics, I feel like, if you're going there for the first time, well, I guess for these two, bring a lot of money, but they always have a crab sandwich that is very, very good. And then What does the crab sandwich go for? I want to say $20. That sounds that, That may be... Off a crab the, sandwich in San Francisco? Yeah, it might be more than that. I, I know it's we're expensive. Gonna, we're going to have to do some research. Yeah. Conti- continue your... And then the garlic fries. The garlic fries are, are very much uh, a, a classic that you, you simply must go with, in my opinion. Um, I think where it's located, the Giant Stadium, given that it's kind of... It's not on its own. It's kind of right, you know right near the Embarcadero. Uh, there's a lot of other great foods you can go ahead and get. I don't think I would ever get pizza at a baseball game either. I don't think I have the same level of snobbiness towards pizza uh, that you do, Seth, but I don't think I would ever do that. And I certainly wouldn't do sushi. Uh, the fact that you would even consider, just based on your answer, yeah. getting pizza at a baseball stadium says... I, I have like anyone needs to know yeah, that your your pizza. Yeah, I well one hundred percent. Look, I've been known to enjoy a Costco pizza. I think that 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 may be enough. Um, you can't compare the two though. To what baseball? You po- yeah, you're not like a Costco pizza is fine. Yeah, like as like convenience pizza, but you're talking about paying top dollar for like a terrible slice of pizza. Yeah, there is a. I do know out in center field. I believe there is a. You know giant slice pizza option and yeah like really big slices i've never uh been too interested in it do we have a a number yes i found this on yelp it looks like from the top review that it is twenty dollars um it it's funny that this the yelp review the yelp page for this uh crazy crabs with a z uh it shows there's an apostrophe it's, yeah. No, it's crazy. C R A B apostrophe Z. Apostrophe Z. Really? So, like, I think they have a mascot. Yeah, it looks like That's for the, the mascot. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah from the picture Will, on Yelp. It's Willie is the mascot of the Giants, right? Lucille. Yeah. Lucille, excuse me. Uh, Look out for Lucille. Yeah, crazy crab. Yeah, yeah, you can see about the on the logo. Adam showing it to us on his computer. The apostrophe is hysterical. Uh, apparently, it's closed on Mondays. And it's funny, they have their location in Howard's, which is just, it should just say it's at a baseball stadium, so whatever they have games. But I guess if they have a, a Monday game, maybe it is closed. Um, it is closed now, which makes sense. But it, yeah, the first one, the first review says uh, $20, and it, it complains about that it's a small portion for just one is $20 that's no bigger than a hot dog. But they still gave it a five-star review, so it must be a great sandwich, so my I'm going to take Adam's advice. favorite kind of Yelp review. Everything that's wrong with it, and then give it five stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of complaint. So that's why we need to get rid of the stars and have machine learning come up with automated star ratings based on oh, the based of it. like how like uh, do you ever use the the plugin Grammarly? No. 
So it's it like fixes your grammar get, and stuff it, like I that. Get ads for it all the time. Yeah, so it it will give you like if you're writing an email, it'll like give you like a little professional emoji to be like, oh, that's very professional, or it's very cordial, or very like negative toned. So maybe that maybe Grammarly, maybe that's they could they could help out Yelp. Does it tell you if your emails are too passive aggressive? Um, no, but it will it will tell you that you're using too much uh whatever uh you know. If you don't need actually or obviously, are you referring to my my passive aggressiveness towards ESPN? <laughs> oh no, there's nothing passive about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm referring to my own passive aggressiveness. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it uh, no, it's great, and it gives you a score, so that's always fun. Of it's like writing a high school essay all over again out of a hundred. So I will reading from one other review. This is a pro tip for anyone. Uh, so inclined to okay. grab sandwich. Pro tip, to get your sandwich faster, you don't have to wait in the line specifically for crazy crabs. Go to any of the food booths connected to it. You can order items for any of those booths at once. And you'll just walk over and grab it for you. Oh, that's the opposite of Citizens Bank Park. As we learned last year with Emily and the ridiculous you need to buy food when you bought alcohol rule that existed for the first couple months of the season. I remember that. Yeah, that was that. That was that was more related to COVID. Yeah, it was more related to COVID, but it was uh, the fact that they. The story is that Emily wanted a certain Bud Light seltzer flavor, and there's the Chickies and Pete's, a hot dog stand, chicken fingers, and the hot dog stand had it, but she bought chicken fingers, and they couldn't go over and go into the other fridge behind the counter to go get it. So yes, it was a COVID rule. But it also was crazy that way. But uh, yeah, this has been awesome, guys. Any final parting thoughts? Welcome back, baseball. Uh, just one last thing. This isn't necessarily. I thought about this with Oracle. This isn't a food thing, but I don't think many people know this. The Coke can out in center field is, yeah. a, is actually a slide. I found that out when I went last year. It that was mind blowing. It's a bottle. It, yes, the Coke bottle. bottle. Did I say can? Yeah. Yes, a Coke bottle yeah. out just, just in center sure field. Yeah, changed. yeah. No, they have not changed it, but it's it's a slide. Yeah. So I one of my fond memories as a little kid is going down the That's slide awesome. in center field. That's very. Cool. Yeah, I was shocked. We walked through. We walked through the left field gate and then walked through the outfield to get to our right field seats. And I was shocked to find that out. So yeah. So that that I knew. Um, now at the start of the podcast, we talked about Trevor's story. So that didn't happen. Yes. Um, but. Derek Jeter was hired by the Giants uh, during our our podcast. Oh, and uh, it's been reported that he is actually, uh, as his first move, getting rid of the slide. All right, didn't mean for a smash cut there right at the end of the show, but hilariously enough, my computer battery did die right after Seth made that joke, and we did wrap up the show. But this is me at the end of editing, just. Signing off. A special thanks again to Seth and Adam for hopping on. This one was a lot of fun. If you stuck through the static and everything there, again, apologies for that. But this one was a lot of fun to record. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods. But we will see you soon with another division preview. Thanks.